The Lux Ops Here podcast with Scott Bowser is brought to you by mybookie.ag. That's right, mybookie.ag. Use promo code LSH for 50% deposit bonus on your deposit up to $1,000. That's $500 in potential free money. And we're going to be giving away even more free money here on the show um, as I do the ACC preview for college football. Um, with me is one of the hosts of the college experience for basketball and football. He's also a writer for the Sports Gambling Podcast. Everybody, Nick Dan, NC Nick. Nick, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. You know, the workday's over, the kids are in bed, and I'm ready to talk some uh, ACC college football. Fuck yeah, dude. I, I, I've been enjoying this series because I've been doing every major conference and each NFL division. And then I'm going to do a big two-parter for the group of five with your brother. Ah, excellent. Nice. So, cause he's my guy for the group of five. Like no one's going <laughs> right. to get into the nitty gritty underside of the Sun Belt quite like Colby. <laughs> I, man, you know, he's a grinder. <laughs> um, you might find him on grinder too. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, I think I have actually, you know, <laughs> it's a great way to promote shows. Uh, me and Justin Decker did that one time where he did a photo shoot of me in a bathroom at a bar that we were doing a show at yeah. and threw it up on grinder. Next thing you know, a bunch of dudes showed up so like it does work if you're all, uh, all pub is good pub right? yeah 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 you know if you're just trying to get asses in the seats to to let the bar keep the show going for another week then that they, do what you got to do sometimes amen and uh okay so first up we're gonna do the atlantic division and in the acc i think this is funny i don't know if anyone's ever gone off on this before but i just gotta say what the fuck dude they got the atlantic and the coastal isn't that the same shit basically like Make it east, west, north, south. Like, Well, there's really no geographical ties to that. I, I just think that it was two names that kind of fit in with their location and their history. So they just said, all right, you guys, this group of uh, seven will be the Atlantic, and you guys, uh, you, you be the coastal, you know. So well, there's no rhyme or reason to it. No, yeah, and to me it's like uh, they should be trying to keep the old Big East together as much as possible. Yeah. So I think to me, if, if I were going to realign this, I would have Syracuse, Boston College, and Pitt all for sure in one division. Like I would keep that group together, and that, then that would make sense geographically as and, well. And geographically, because now we're asking for less travel. As much as I'm tempted to put Miami in that group because of the old Big East connection, sure. Um, I, I'm willing to go north and south, but you could add Miami, you could add Virginia Tech, and that's five right there. And then maybe Louisville and, I don't know, Virginia, just to give the keep a in-state rivalry in there or something. But yeah. that becomes kind of a fun – or Florida State, you know, to have that – I don't know. That becomes a fun, much more fun uh, – I think you're on to something. I think it, sh- it should be the classic ACC schools against all of the people who have, who have come into the conference within the last 20 or 30 years or so. I, I that think would be fun. If you're not going to have any geographic rhyme or reason to it, right. that makes way more sense to me. And also, that would alleviate the issues that, say, like Duke, who's in the coastal, and NC State's in the Atlantic. Their, their campuses are 15 miles apart, yeah. and they play – they play on the field in college football once every seven years. And same with North concern. Carolina and NC State. Where it's like, dude, they should be in the same division. That now, game, at least, the, at least they have the the annual game. The game. So every team has a game, you know, every year from the other division. So at least they play each other every year. But okay. I agree, it, it would make sense that that they would. Be that the game should division. be for with division stakes on the line. Yeah, exactly. That that's 
that's, that's kind of what I'm saying there. So, yeah, because that's like when the Big Ten did their whole, like, legends and leaders bullshit. I was going to bring that up. So, as bad as Atlantic and Coastal is, at least it's not that bad. Yeah, legends know? and uh, leaders was really <laughs> stupid. What kind of, uh, come on, man. So, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think the Big Ten realized the error in their ways and quickly changed that. <laughs> yeah, so I'd like to see the ACC hop on board, especially if we're going to get this radical realignment for conferences. Yeah, it's going to be crazy in the, last, in, you know, in the next year or two. Who knows what's going to happen? Because what if West Virginia ends up joining – the Big 12 dissolves and West Virginia ends up joining the ACC. Now we're really talking about, like, basically making that one division the old Big East. Yeah, like, yeah. That would that would be a nice fit. I'd have no problems with that. Yeah, I, I think that could really work. It, it, it just makes sense with, like, the traditional backyard brawl between Pitt and West Virginia, making that a conference game again. Like – and it's a shame they don't play that every year too. I know that was a hell of a rivalry, you know, for a long time. That was so. remember back in like I want to say like Pac-Man Jones versus Fitzgerald days. Uh, yeah, yeah, and you know the whole realignment is has broken up um, rivalries. Yeah. If if this next wave of realignment brings that rivalry back together, you know that that would definitely be a because that's one thing I'm okay with in Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC. Is it brings back Texas, Texas A and M, and Texas, yeah. and Texas Arkansas, yeah. which were both yeah. huge rivalries for years. So I'm okay right. with that. And you keep the Oklahoma rivalry, like it, they basically guess, go back to playing you, all their historical rivals. Like, yeah, you would lose Bedlam. You you would lose Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Yeah, which I guess is not you know on the top tier of of rivalries, but still, like in the state of Oklahoma, it, it is. is. And they could even turn that into a non-conference game. Let's yeah. face it, like that yeah. that's that's one that you can. Work the kinks out because I always think that Colorado and Nebraska was a, it was a fail for them to not keep that going as a yeah. yearly non-conference game. For sure, for sure. All right, well let's get into the Atlantic here. Um, no real surprises. Clemson's the front runner. Um, they're over under win totals at eleven and a half. Uh, do you, like I'm going to say just this. I'm going to this is going to be my hot take is if they're going to stumble, it's going to be this year where they're. Breaking in like like mostly a new offense for the most part and stuff. Uh, um, they're over under at eleven and a half. I like the under there. That's just one loss, <laughs> and that one loss could happen week one against Georgia. Which yeah, is a, basically of a coin flip game. So you would you would hate to bet the over and and you know throw away your ticket after the oh, first one week. week of the season. <laughs> yeah, I will say if you've bet against Clemson the last five to seven eight years uh you probably are broke yeah you know so i would just say tread lightly but uh in general i do agree with you i do like the under with clemson you know we mentioned the first game against georgia but they also have some some kind of interesting road trips at nc state at Pitt, uh at louisville i mean you know chances are they run through the acc again but you never know when they could trip up so yeah and I like the under. Uh, I forget what their new quarterback's name, but he had a couple starts last year when Lawrence went out with COVID. I, I call him DJU or ukulele because I'm not even trying <laughs> to pronounce his last yeah, name. Yeah, I can't. I, I, yeah. So, like, yeah. But, dude, that guy, he's pretty good. But it's like, I mean, we got they got kind of spoiled with Trevor Lawrence for the last three years. Uh, and Deshaun Watson before that. Let's face it. They haven't right. had a quarterback in the last, like, five, six years or whatever that's not a top 12 NFL pick. Yeah. There was maybe one or two years in between those two. I I forget the quarterback's name, but he ended up, he he started one year, ended up transferring to Missouri. 
never i mean he was a solid college quarterback but he definitely wasn't on the the uh, pro radar but also i mean they also lose etn amari yeah. rogers you know uh the usual guys up front and on defense so it it's, it is a little bit rebuilding mode. I think if you're a Clemson fan, I think you do love the fact that DJU played a couple games last year. Yeah, the fact that he has you know, some in-game experience. They're not got his feet wet a little bit, so he's not he's not you know too green. And he uh, went down I mean, to the wire with Notre Dame there. Yeah, he played good when he was in there. I mean, so there's not gonna be that much of a drop off at quarterback. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, just especially with Georgia Week One. You'd have to have you'd have to be pretty damn sure they're going to beat the Bulldogs if you want to go with. If you're going to take that over, yeah. And I don't know Georgia with uh, former SC quarterback JT Daniels and that defense. They look pretty good this year. I mean, Uh, yeah, we're all saying it, man. You know, this should be Georgia's year. If not 2021, then when? You know. Yeah, yeah. This is they're not going to be better than they are right now. For right, their offense is there. The quarterback is there. The schedule is there. And I mean, even if you're a Georgia fan, you could lose to Clemson and still still win the SEC East. Yeah. Still beat somebody in the SEC championship game and go to the playoffs and win the national championship. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I think this could though. If if Clemson loses, do you think there's enough on on the rest of their schedule to be a one loss team and make the playoffs still, just based on probably. name recognition? Yeah. Probably. I think the fact. I think Clemson's made five playoffs in a row. Okay. So yeah. So yeah if, like <laughs> yeah, if they're eleven and one and, and or twelve and one after the ACC championship game, uh, I think you can probably shoot them in. All right. Okay. So next up, we got Louisville. Um, now, I'm not gonna lie to you, dude. I got a little uh, action on them. I took a forty to one ticket at like two bucks, three bucks or something, uh, for them to win the ACC. Because my ra- rationale is, if they're gonna get bit, it's probably not gonna be in the conference championship game. It would be like, like some sort of like early because I think they're gonna have their shit together by the, by that point in the season, no matter what's going on with that team. But they could be like a couple injuries. Like let's say they get dinged up against Georgia that first game, they're not quite ready for it, and then they struggle early in conference play and drop a couple, and then next season, and then Louisville gets them at home. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, some people would agree with you. I know my brother, uh, the Danta Bay, is also on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He made that argument. And I see your point. You know, there's a an outside chance. That's why it's only like two, three dollar play. It's not like yeah, I'm yeah. putting anything. Right. Like... <laughs> no, I hear you. Hey, man, dart throw. What the hell? It's just if, a, if, to, if to me. To hit. This is these are what I call my horse race tickets. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like you, this but... is like this is me doing a long shot win bet on a on a season long horse here kind of thing. But for me, actually, there's two other teams in the Atlantic. If Clemson doesn't win it, which is a long shot itself, huge long shot. Uh, they're they're other... minus nine hundred to win the conference yeah. in general, not even the division, <laughs> the conference. Right, so. that's yeah, freaking ridiculous. That shows their their dominance of late. But there's two other schools I like more so than Louisville. If it's not Clemson, uh, you know, we'll get to them. I guess you know when we talk about those teams over unders. Okay. Oh, uh, Louisville's under over and at six and a half. I really like the over there. I, I'm going under actually. You're going uh, under. I am. Now I don't love it though. Uh, and also, I, I'm a I'm a Scott Satterfield guy. Scott Satterfield coached at Boone at App State for a long time before he went there. I'm kind of an App State fan. I thought he was going to do better there. It, it seems like they're just kind of treading water. Uh, they also lost a lot. You know, the running back, Javon Hawkins, is on the Falcons. Tutu Atwell is on the Rams. That's true. That's true. Uh, the other receiver, Fitzpatrick, is that his name? The other receiver is in the pros somewhere. 
Uh, and their defense has struggled for a couple of years now. Their defense was atrocious last year. That's where, uh, uh, where I'm like, that, I, think I'm not, I don't like this enough to bet it. But I don't know. To me, it's one of the few even, like, because the Clemson one at 11.5 is minus 110. This at 6.5 is minus 110. There's not many of these minus 110s I'm seeing on there. Yeah. And I don't know. To me, Louisville should be a 7-5 and five program. Like, since uh, they've joined the ACC, I think they've been the better of the two big Kentucky programs. So two powerful, like. Well, Kentucky has their number of late. I think Kentucky's Kentucky's won four beat five them head well. I think overall Louisville's had the better like yeah. just putting out Lamar Jackson as a Heisman winner alone. Sure, you right. know, like that kind and, of gives and the program a little more. Quarterback, they got pretty good quarterback now in uh, Malik Cunningham. Malik, but Malik have Cunningham, you seen yeah. their schedule? Have you seen their out of conference schedule? It's brutal, dude. I mean, you got Ole Miss, UCF, and Kentucky. Yeah, that's brutal. Uh, I mean, that could be three losses right there. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I like Malik Cunningham's ability to win that big game against Kentucky, that that rivalry game. I and and Kentucky didn't show me shit last year with their offense, so they're gonna have to prove it in the first couple of weeks for me to think that they're gonna have a chance to get Louisville. Well, I mean, you know, what, but that defense that? is fucking nasty, dude. Like, yeah, uh, and you know they have the they have SEC linemen, yeah. and that's what Louisville doesn't have. That's true. You know, that's very if, true. If you go go back to that game last year, and uh, I'm pulling it up right now, I don't think it was even close. Oh, you know what? No, last year they didn't play. They didn't, last yeah. year, due to COVID. Okay, so if you go back to 2019, I think it was a blowout. Of course, that was a couple of years ago. Um, Louisville does get them at home. So, yeah, you know, I, and, I think that's I think there's something there for them. But I do yeah, think in yeah. terms of like with Lamar Jackson's Heisman win, like him and Bridgewater over the last few years, it just seems like they, they have more buzz as a program overall. That might be a better they're, way of putting it. They're a sexier program. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, Kentucky is always six and six, seven and five. Uh, Stoops has them playing at a, a good level in the SEC, but they always have a ceiling. Uh, but for some reason, I, I think it's their physicality that's that's been able to beat Louisville. You know, what is it with Stoops? He has some clause in his contract where if like they win like eight or nine games, he's basically there for life. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's, some, it's some some weird thing where it's like he's like if he wins like if he goes like eight and four or nine and three something like that, it automatically kicks in for like a huge bonus through like twenty twenty nine or something. Wow. Well, right. hey, we're talking we're talking Kentucky football, so if that happens, maybe they should yeah. give him a, a huge bonus. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, better because like that that keeps a guy from. Uh, I don't know, wanting to leave, I don't know, going somewhere else to greener pastures or kind of thing. Well, they, they've never had this long of a stretch of success. I mean, it's it's relative success. They're not sniffing the playoffs hey, well, or anything, but they're a quality program. I, I do feel you can kind of judge a program by how much NFL talent. Obviously, not not over, completely, but like a t- program like that where they're, they're consistently putting guys in the NFL every year now. And like yeah, that, that's, yeah. there's something to that. Like, yeah. I, like that means you're, you're – you have high caliber athletes. It's just a matter of putting it together at a certain point. Yeah. Because what yeah. was it? Were you the one saying that on the on the pod? But how was it? Kramer, I think, or maybe your brother. But it was like how Pitt had more guys drafted last year than Clemson. Yeah, Colby mentioned that. And, <laughs> fucking and, insane, dude. And, and Pitt always pumps players in the, in the pros, and they're always Studs. seven and five. Dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not just players, like you know. All stars, pro bowlers, you know. Yeah, Aaron Donald, Larry Fitzgerald, like, yeah, yeah. uh, fucking Daryl Revis, like, right. they do not fuck around with the guys they put in the NFL, like, absolute, like, first team all pros, like, it's, and yet they're still seven and five. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> year in, year out. <laughs> I don't, I don't get it. Like, they, they should be so much better, and I think, a, like, they need to full time wear the old merino 
jerseys. I think, I no, think I love I love those, man. Yeah, the old pit helmets. Yeah, dude. Those yeah, are... they, they went they went through some atrocious jerseys. I think in like the Fitzgerald era, where yeah. they were just awful. They were trying awful to look jerseys. like Notre Dame. Kinda, yeah, yeah. No, they were awful. Um, all right, let's move on to the next one. Uh, yeah, so I do got a forty to one ticket though on Louisville. Um, NC State, dude. Now, is this one of those teams you were thinking that can sneak up and bite people this year in that conference? Exactly. That's one of them. I had a feeling. And I agree, dude. I think they're pretty damn good, dude. Like, I've watched them play a lot the last couple of years, and it seems like they're in it with everybody. Yeah. Like, they, they have, they have like, some of the worst beats as a program. Like, where they're constantly losing in the last three minutes. And, and, and one of those worst beats was their starting quarterback breaking his leg last year. Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, so actually, I, I'm definitely on the over. I think it's at six and a half. Is that what six you're and a half? Here? Yeah, and it's at minus one twenty five for the over. I was going to say that a little bit of juice there, but that's my lock of this side of the fucking. Well, uh, we are locked up, brother, because that is my favorite play in the Atlantic is NC State over six and a half with the quarterback coming back. Uh, they got a couple really good running backs. Uh, they returned four of five offensive linemen, nine starters on defense. I think uh, NC State could have a really nice year here. I expect at least seven or eight wins. And there's that outside chance where they could get close to double digits. And, you know, really, if you want to throw a dart throw, potentially win the Atlantic. I'm not saying that. I'm not advising that because Clemson's going to win it 99.9%. Sure. But, yeah, if somebody else is, then, then, then maybe NC State. Well, like, I always look at, like, the core of a team schedule and, like, big conferences like this is those six division games they got to play. And when you look at those six division games, I mean, dude, Wake Forest, Syracuse, Florida State, Louisville, all very, very, very winnable right off the top. Sure. Right. And then and then you're adding in uh, Clemson and, I mean, let's say it's a Boston College, dude. Like, to me, Boston College, like Boston College for the ACC and West Virginia for the Big 12, that's just that fucking weird-ass road trip. Oh yeah. Like why are you doing this in this conference? Like you're you're way out away from all these other teams. It's in yeah. a cold fucked up part of the country like they they are tough road trips for different reasons cuz West Virginia, I mean that stadium is just going to be the stands are going to be rabid. Yeah. It's going to be it's going to be packed. It is a very tough travel for Big 12 schools and really the the environment with the fans is just a crazy environment. BC is the exact opposite. You, you show up there for like a noon kickoff and the stands are like a third full. It's cold. Yeah, it's hard to get amped up. I mean, these kids are, these kids are 20, 21 years old. You know, there, there's no, there's no environment or, or atmosphere to get them pumped. It so they really kind of has through it. Uh, I've always felt like Boston college games have like a CFL vibe to them. <laughs> it feels like I'm watching the auto of rough riders or some shit. Yeah. Like, I think it's kind of, maybe their, their grass or their turf kind of looks kind of, it does uh, resemble some fields up there too. It but, looks old. It's, it looks dated. Everything looks dated about what exactly. Yeah. It looks like it's like 1992 or something. You know? Yeah. Uh, what was it? 93. <laughs> that was the year that they upset Notre Dame when Notre Dame was number one. Oh, is that Glenn Foley? I think, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it was that year. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah, because I remember I was at the UCLA-USC game when that score came up, and everyone was like, holy shit, the SC fans went crazy. Yeah. And like, UCLA fans were like, eh, whatever, boo, because the <laughs> SC fans are cheering. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right, gotcha, yeah. Um, But yeah, so yeah, no, I, I, I think NC State's the best, the best, dude, I think 7-5, like their floor, and like you said, I think they could flirt with a 10-2 season. Like, they have the experience that can put that kind of year together this year if, yeah. if everything breaks their way. 
Like, yeah, that would certainly be Doran's best record in the, I think he's been NC State for like seven or eight years now. Um, I think he's gotten to eight, maybe to nine one year. Never broke the double-digit regular season wins. Could potentially be this year. I could see them becoming kind of like the Oklahoma State of the ACC in the next few years here if they play it right. Yeah, yeah, you know, because Oklahoma State is always kind of flirting top 25-ish. You know, yeah, they're, they're always there like, around nine wins, eight, eight yeah. to ten wins in there, you know. Like they have like well, a several, they have more double digit win seasons the last decade than Texas does. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I mean, NC State's so uh, 2019 was a mess where they had a ton of injuries, but throw out that year and uh, six of the last seven years prior to 2019, they've won more than six and a half games in, in the regular season. So, yeah, so this is, I mean, lock this up. <laughs> lock it up, man. Lock it up. All right. So, next one, we're going to move to Boston College. Now, I got them at an even seven here. We're over at minus 140 and under at plus 120. Now, I think the reason for the over is, like we said, that no home field advantage is still kind of a home field advantage. They're used <laughs> to playing in that weird environment. These right. other teams aren't, you know? Right. And it right. kind of gives them an edge when they go on the road that I think a lot of other teams don't have when they go on the road. Sure. Yeah, no, I, no, I agree with that. Actually, BC is that other school along with NC State where if if for some reason Clemson doesn't win it, maybe BC could bubble up and do something. See, I was thinking it might be Wake Forest with that offense. Wake Forest offense is legit, but they just have no defense. They have absolutely no defense. Yeah, and <laughs> I mean, I, I like the BC transfer or the uh, Notre Dame transfer at quarterback that BC has uh, Phil Jerkovic. And that dude... Notre Dame needs to join the ACC. See, if Notre Dame joined the ACC full time, this division we're talking about of the, the non-traditional ACC schools, Notre Dame and fucking Boston College, that's a great fucking rivalry, the Holy War. Like, yeah, and, and Notre Dame basketball used to be in the Big East too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, so that, that would be a nice fit. It really would work out, like, because like I don't mind these super conferences. Is because the restructuring over the last decade has gotten so fucking weird. If they do do these super conferences and these pods, we could get end up getting something that resembles the old format, the old conferences with the old where we get all those old rivalries again. And yeah, yeah, and people that are of the age of you and myself that can remember those great rivalries, we'd be happy. <laughs> yeah, totally. No, totally. Dude, Notre Dame Miami as a conference game? Are you kidding me? Yeah, like, dude, yeah. that growing up, that was one of Catholics the, versus convicts. Dude, oh, yeah. that was the shit. Like every year, that was a crazy <laughs> game, and like the, it was, and every year had national title implications. Like, yeah. I mean, the road went through both those places at the time, and during the eighties, yeah. early nineties, like, yeah, right. man, like, so no, uh, I don't know. Uh, so, are you on the over at minus one forty here? You taking yeah. that juice? Yeah, I mean, I'm on the over, but that's a lot of juice, especially at seven. Like, if I compare BC and NC State, I think they're two comparable teams, uh, pretty even match. But you can lay less juice with NC State and then get it at six and a half. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, I mean, it, it makes sense. I mean, you have to really like BC. I like BC this year. I think they can win eight games, nine games. If I had a lean, the lean would be over. But that's a lot of juice. And I like the fact with NC State is that if, even if they have – a relatively down year go seven and five you're still cashing you're still ticket. cashing the t- yeah like if bc goes seven and five it's a push you know so um yeah i i don't like that push there and eight and four seems like a stretch for them i don't know I don't, it, it, yeah i mean i don't have like their previous records in front of me but i would say that would be the best year in bc football you know in 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 a little while so that would be a little bit of a stretch but um so, are you taking are you on the under 
Yeah, I'm gonna, I, I lean on the under here, but it's like it's one of those. Where I think they got the number right at seven and five. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so it just it's a little too much juice for me to go the over there. If that if that was like a minus one one ten both ways kind of pick, I'm on the over. Probably, probably like that's a much very sound play. logic. Yeah, very sound logic. And and I'm not betting this myself. Uh, but if I'm just throwing throwing the odds out and 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 you're asking me, do they go six and six or do they go eight and four? I'm a slight lean towards the eight and four. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, here's the thing: is I would really love this that minus one forty with that juice. I would love that at six and a half. Oh yeah, now we're talking. Now yeah. we're really you cooking know, that, there, right? Because I do think they'll get to seven. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You that, know, but I yeah, don't want that push there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, I mean, pushes aren't the worst thing in the world, but you know, it's so much more juicier at six and a half. Exactly. Okay, so next up, I got Florida State. Um, yeah, minus or five, five and a half. Which, dude, do you ever think, like, growing up, man, Florida State is like, hey, do you think they're going to be bowl eligible at the end of the year? Like, what the fuck has happened since the Jameis Winston National Championship? Like, really? It's a sad state of affairs, man. Uh, I, 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 can, I can now say it. Bobby Bowden is rolling over in his grave. May, <laughs> may he rest in peace. Uh, but, yeah. For, to, to oh, that's it, recent, that's, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was just last week. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. R.I.P. to Bobby Bowden. Uh, and Johnny Pemberton, friend of the program, big Florida State fan. Like, I'm sorry. And uh, and same with Alan Strickland. Williams. Johnny went there. Alan grew up in the area. Uh, man, it's just crazy to think, like, how do they go from that national title team? The like, like, is it you're going to if you're one of those three big Florida schools, fuck, you have a recruiting like, dude, even like like UCF, right. like taking the third tier recruits out that those guys don't want. They're a fucking consistent top 15 team, basically. <laughs> well, I, I think the answer is that coaching matters. And, and when you make wrong hires, it, it, it severely affects your program. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> like, when Jameis won the Heisman and brought him to a national championship as a freshman, and you knew he was going to go pro as a redshirt sophomore the next yeah. year. But like, even then, you, you know, like, like if I would have told you at the time, the team that's going to dominate this conference for the next few years is Clemson, not, not Florida State. You would have looked at me like I had six heads. I mean, back then there was a a, a term, Clemsoning. You know, yeah. You know, Clemsoning was you always lose on the biggest stage. You never come through in the clutch. You always have talent, but you can never get it done. And I mean, that's obviously that term has has gone by the wayside with with Dabo's run here. But back then, yeah, nobody thought Clemson would be a serious contender over a long amount of time. Yeah, and like with and like and also, it says a lot about the Florida State program where Jimbo Fisher. Turn, like leaves them for Texas A&M. And, and for what I heard is that he kind of left the cupboard bare there too. So he didn't do any favors for the guy who was coming in. After yeah. Him. Yeah. That, that, uh, yeah. I mean, well, we've seen the results on the field. So there you awesome. go. Yeah. And, and, and I think it, the jury's still out on Mike Norvell. I think, you know, obviously he hasn't looked very good so far, but uh, give him a chance, give him a couple, couple more years. This is a pivotal season though. It really is. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's make or break. And, you know, I don't think they quite have it for it. So I'm leaning on the under here at plus 110. I kind of like that juice in your favor, dude. Yeah, I mean, I, I waffled on this a lot. You know, uh, they got Mackenzie Milton from UCF transferring up there. and But the, the thing I heard today is that he might not even win the quarterback job. It, they may give it to a true freshman. Um, such a Florida and, State move, too. Yeah, I, I mean, that's... <laughs> I guess it's building for the future, but the, a true freshman, the, he, he, he'll probably str- uh, struggle early on. 
hell, week one they play Notre Dame. And you know, you know the American is the conference on the way up. I could see them if they absorb realignment correctly, them being the fifth power of conference. Certainly. Yeah. And, and so UCF is in a position to like with Miami down, with like in Florida kind of sputtering where they they can't quite crack against the top teams in the SEC right now. Right. Um, UCF's poised to really become the dominant team in that state. Like it's kind of it's I mean, Florida Gators might have something to say about that, but uh, but it's know, like hey. as long as they're in the SEC and if UCF can dominate the American every year, yeah. and they get like legit power conference status after the Big yeah. Twelve goes down. Like right. we're we're looking at a situation where it's it's like they have a chance they're going to have a chance to be like eleven and one every year going playing for a playoff spot versus Florida <laughs> maybe yeah. hoping to do that every three four years. Right, going through the grind of the SEC. Yeah. So no, you're right. I think I think if you're a UCF fan, you got to be you know very happy with the state of the program and the possibility that the, the you know the future might bring. Yeah. And so Florida State, you're you're fucking up. Like, well, uh, I mean, look at their schedule, man. I mean, out of conference, they have Notre Dame and Florida. Yeah, that's dude. probably two losses. That's two losses right there. Dude. Clemson's probably a third loss. Yeah. And then the two schools they get from the coastal are at UNC and versus Miami. That's pretty tough there too. I think so, I think at UNC is a loss for sure for them. Um, they actually beat they beat UNC them next last year, year last surprisingly. Year. Yeah, like the the one game they looked decent in. But I, I mean, had that UNC, too. I had that money line upset too. I was no I was all wow. over that. Yeah, because I was just kind of like <laughs> I was just kind of like you know what? As good as North Carolina is right now, Florida State's going to get up for somebody this year. Might yeah. as well be this game. It's probably not going to be one of their traditional rivals. But they still have talent, and and last year they played a whole lot of young guys. Yeah, and I think they return all five um, guys on the offensive line. So, you know, if, if you're talking yourself into Florida State having or making a bowl game, I guess there's some angles you can point towards. But uh, overall, who's their, I te- who's their third non-conference game? Uh, uh, Jacksonville State. Okay, that should be a win. So they they should that go should one and two in non-conference. Uh, yeah, uh, but there's a lot of well, actually no, you know, the ACC there's there's four non-conference games. So they also they, oh they okay, they only U- play eight conference games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they squeeze UMass in there. Uh, okay, that's a win. So that's two wins. <laughs> that's two. But yeah. they that's, got a lot of tough. That's schools. an easiest. That's the easiest win on their schedule. Hands up. Uh, <laughs> Hell, enough. that game might be easier than Jacksonville State. <laughs> I think so. I, I I would agree on that. Like I think Jacksonville State, dude, like. They at least recruit Florida talent. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, they played uh, Florida State two or three years ago. I think it went. They did. And they either, either went into overtime or or they were winning in the second half and lost. Yeah, they covered easily. <laughs> That's yeah. what I remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but no, in general, I agree. I am uh, going under here. Yeah. Okay. Syracuse, dude. Here we go. We're getting real shit fest here. Uh, they, they now this is a program that possibly should consider canceling football. <laughs> and I don't ever agree with people canceling, but usually because it's like your biggest money maker. Um, but like they play in a, they play in an under oversized basketball stadium. Dome. <laughs> yeah, like they can't seem to develop a buzz. They do have a great history of uh, NFL players like uh, Jim Brown, Donovan McNabb, of course, uh, Marvin Harrison, Marvin Harrison, Dwight Freeney, uh, Dwight Freeney, right, right. Uh, Larry Zonka is another one, I believe. He went there? I think oh, wow. So. Maybe not. Um, ah. Hey, go with it. <laughs> <laughs> we got all those other ones, right? <laughs> but, yeah, well, like, look- uh, um, and I remember Donovan McNabb on that uh, basketball team that went to the championship game and lost That's to right. That's right. He, he was a reserve. He got, you know, a, a, 
a handful of minutes a game. Yeah, who is, solid. who is the big stud on that team? Uh, John Wallace. John Wallace, the yeah. New York Nick. Yeah, one, dude. Went to the Knicks, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Good, good pull. Dude, yeah, yeah. I mean, if there's one thing I know, it's my '90s college basketball. Dude, like, <laughs> there you go, man. I, I yeah, you're like, man, you throw shit at Syracuse, but it was 2018 when they went 10 and three. Yeah, I know, dude. And how the mighty have fallen, dude. I you know? swear. I mean, you know, it looked like uh, Dino Babers was going to become one of the best coaches in America if he turned around Syracuse. But since dude. then, man, the fall has been precipitous. That's for sure. And so, are we going to blame? Even if we just throw last year out due to COVID. They're still just looking awful, you know. I mean, because they looked yeah. horrible last year at points. Like there were times where I'm just watching them, like, dear God, like they're in they're an ACC team. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah, they were the worst team in the ACC by far. And, and but you're right, COVID hit them hard. I, th- I think at one point they had like a fullback playing guard and stuff. But you know they weren't very good in 2019 either, and I don't think they're going to be very good this year. Yeah, their over unders at three and a half. Plus 100 on the over. So they'll give you a straight even money shot if they win four games. Uh, I don't like that. Uh, minus 120 on the under. I, I'm okay with that. I don't hate that. But I'm, I'm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm on the under. Uh, yeah. Week one's going to be interesting. They're they're at Ohio. I think Syracuse is only favored by a point. Yeah. That's, a, that's dude. You know, I mean, Ohio, their coach, Frank Solis, just retired. So. Initially, I was thinking Ohio might be a live dog. Uh, now I don't, I'm kind of I'm kind, maybe I'm kind of going back on that. But Syracuse, uh, I could see them though the pulling the. Uh, I just watched unnecessary, unnecessary roughness recently, and I could see the win one for the coach in the hospital game. Yeah, coming. like the uh, defensive coordinator yeah. comes in and he rips off his his uh, his suit and he's yeah. in. <laughs> I don't want to wear this crap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, I could see them having that uh, Ohio having that moment in Week One against Syracuse, well, and that, and, that if, and if that happens, Syracuse win total right away. Shot. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was just about to say, like, if you're going over, they have to beat Ohio, they have to beat Albany, but they're 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 a dog in in every other game. Yeah, so, and, and, know, a, and, and a double digit dog in most yeah, of those. Yeah. Right. I mean, and and they're just a slight slight favorite over over Ohio. So um, no, I think it's going to be another long year for the Orangemen. Yeah, I agree. So we're both on the under there. Up uh, next, the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Uh, they're at six and a half, minus one sixty on the over, plus one thirty five on the under. Uh, I re- I like this team. I think Dave Clawson's a good coach. That and their offense is fucking great. But like we were saying earlier, man, they cannot stop. Dude, they they could not stop fucking uh, like anything, like a fucking rascal scooter with a fucking Mack <laughs> truck, dude. Like. <laughs> And I think teams in this conference are going to run through them. Who who do they play on the road in conference? You got that schedule? Look, look. Uh, let me pull it up here. I will say that when I, you know, I've been writing a, a column for each conference going through each team's win total on the sportsgamblingpodcast.com. When I wrote the ACC, which goes maybe about two two or three uh, weeks ago, this total was at seven. Wow. So the fact that it's gone down is kind of interesting to see, I guess, you know, the early money's in that direction, but um, they dropped it down and then raised the juice a little on the other yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. But I thought seven was like kind of right on the you know, nail on the head there. So now that it dropped to six and a half, that has me potentially thinking over because I think they can, they're going to win at least six and a good chance they could win that seven. I, I agree. Um, I think they're good to be a six and six team at their on their floor, and their ceilings like an eight and four, maybe a nine and three run. Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. And so um, I have the schedule out here now. So they're um, within conference. They they play at UVA, at Syracuse, at Clemson, and at Boston College. That's going to be tough. And then they have a funky game at UNC, which is actually they the, the, the two schools schedule it on their own. So it's actually an out-of-conference game. But Weird. You know, yeah. like, that's pretty cool, though, because it's a historic rivalry. But, like, I've always, like, because, like, I, pl- I still play NCAA 14 on my old Xbox 360. <laughs> Hell, yeah. And sometimes <laughs> I do that where it's like, hey, schedule one of the teams in my conference in a non-conference that I wasn't going to play. Right. Just to try and take over local recruiting that like <laughs> There you go, man. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, man, like you know, as you were alluding to, that's a, a pretty tough road schedule. So um I think Wake Forest is a, a, a solid program. Um I like the coach there, I like Clawson, I like the offense, but a lot of question marks on that defense. Even if they return most of the defense, you just don't know how good those guys you are. You know what they need to do is they need to find like one of these like up and coming like secondary coaches or something from like Alabama or Ohio state or something like that. And that is a program that's putting out a lot of DBs in the NFL yeah. and, ju- and just be like, all right, come in. We're going to let, we're just going to make you assistant head coach and let you have the defense. Yeah. And, and if they, they make, they make the right hire on something like that. I could see them really challenging like the upper part of the conference. Cause yeah, I feel I mean, like Clemson's problem- run's not going to last forever. Like a, yeah. like this insanely dominant like make the playoff five year in a row run like I, I mean would, come on like it's no you're you're right I mean well, I don't know it seems like it's on autopilot now but I think Wake Forest being a, a private uh, university with a problem you know with high academic uh, you know thresholds I, I think they always have a, a tough time recruiting they're kind of like Duke where on offense you can kind of out scheme opponents. When it comes on defense, you need big you gotta, dudes in you the trenches. But, I mean, Stanford was able to put that kind of defense together in the Pac-12. I mean, I know I, I know, I understand it's a little different, but, like, yeah. it's a very similar situation where anytime I look at Vanderbilt, Duke, Wake Forest, these higher academic standard, Rice is another one. Rice has no excuse. Like, they – and they they did hire a former Stanford coordinator, I believe, as their new head co- as their head coach. Oh, did they? I think yeah. yeah, I think it's like or they're over, Stanford's old like receivers coach or something. But it's a fo- David Shaw guy, and right. I'm like, dude, no, that's what you do, like because it's like at a certain point, mate, you can find big smart guys. Like, well, like Stanford's a blueprint for sure, you know. But I I know you know being a Duke fan, Duke and Wake Forest have always struggled on the lines. You know, and and they usually don't have very good defenses, and you know, those defenses are, all, are on the smaller side, and they get pushed around by big physical teams. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess you just got to run like a three-three-five or something, and really commit to like we're going to be undersized on defense, but we're going to get speed in the right. I always like the old like uh, Miami, like Jimmy Johnson style defense of just like okay, we're going to take safeties, move yeah. an outside linebacker. We're going to yeah. take outside linebackers, move them to defensive end. We're going to take defensive ends. Move them over to defensive tackle. We're we're gonna take cornerbacks and move them to safety. We're just Go gonna outspeed. You. We're gonna get get more speed on the field everywhere we can and just try and swarm to the ball and gang tackle. Yeah, that's not a bad philosophy if you're Wake Forest because I think speed is easier to get than size. Uh, yeah, you're probably right there. I because I always think of it like speed the, the elusive thing. That there's always a few big lops that, that are willing to hit the weight room and push guys around. But yeah, I mean, you're right. It probably is more likely to get good speed. All right, that's enough time on Wake Forest. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All 
But I am on the over though. If it, if it's yeah, six yeah. and a half, I'm on the over. Yeah, at six and a half, I I kind of like that. Uh, the juice is a little steep there at minus one sixty, but like I don't know a team that could, that's capable of legit scoring forty a game. Yeah, almost everybody they play this year, they're capable of dropping forty on them. It's hard to take an under on that. Like what, what, right on. All right, so next uh, I'm gonna go over. We got North Carolina. Um, I dude, and see honestly, I didn't even really give out besides Louisville. I didn't even give out conference odds on most of the teams in that division because let's face it, none of them are really gonna have a chance at it. Clemson's gonna storm through it. Like right, right, and you really can't bet Clemson because uh, you'd have to. I mean, there's no money to be it's made. Gonna be there, like you'd have so. to lay like twenty to one or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's not worth it's it. Not, I think it, it's just not worth betting the Atlantic uh, to to win the conference or division. Now the coastal, on the other hand, I think is wide open. Always is. I mean, it, it's the yearly crapshoot. I like it, that. It, it is the NFC East of college football. I, that's such a good, that's such a fucking good analogy, dude. <laughs> I've never had, heard anyone say it compared. That totally is. Because, like, I was thinking the Pac-12 South, that's like the AFC South. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. But, uh, all right. So, let me, uh, I lost it real quick. Let me pull that up. Okay, we got North Carolina. Uh, dude, they're at ten on here right now. Oh, plus wow. one twenty-five to go over, minus one fifty-five on the under. I mean, they're juicing that under pretty hard because it's like, uh, dude, they're not going to go eleven and one. Yeah, ten and two is a is their best scenario, I think. Yes, exactly. And, I and, agree. And and they have all five starting linemen returning and a Heisman quarterback, mm-hmm. yep. Heisman candidate quarterback, like. This is not a this is not a joke of a team. North right. Carolina they, is very very good. They do lose their best two running backs and best two receivers yeah. and best defensive player from last year, but they have enough pieces. They're going to have a nice year. They have a pretty but, good tight end too, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, the, his name's escaping me, but yeah, their their tight end is solid. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, eleven and one, come on. Yeah, dude, that's like I mean, and that, there's a reason why the juice is minus one fifty five on the under there because like. It's Ten obvious. and two is their best case scenario, and you push with that. I would, I would play this. You know, I, pl- I mean, it's kind of just like Clemson. Week one at Virginia Tech, they could lose right there. Yeah, you know, I, I think they're they're like a four or five point favorite uh, in that game. But Lane Stadium, prime time, hopefully filled to capacity. I mean, that that's, that's, that's going to be a tricky environment. You know, and I was just listening to Colby's Virginia Tech preview today. I, I listened to it today as well with, yeah. with Kramer on there, and he was yep. saying like, "Dude, like, no, that's a that's a really good spot for Virginia Tech, and it is because yeah. that crowd is going to be so jacked. It's not a hey, Virginia Tech crowd might be a little disappointed come November, <laughs> depending on how their season goes. How their season rolls, like, <laughs> but week one, everybody's yeah. pumped. Week one, that's and yeah. that's already a tough place to play, like, and especially not being able to go to the games last year." that place is going to be crazy. And then throw in another tough road trip at Notre Dame, you know, Notre Dame beat UNC last year in Chapel Hill. Uh, You know, UNC is somewhat of a finesse team and Notre Dame just ran it down their throats. So uh, those two, I mean, they could lose those two road trips right there. So my advice is if you were going to bet the total over either, either way on North Carolina, really, here's what I would do instead. I would just fucking take like a fraction of that, and put it on them ten to one to win the conference. Yeah, yeah. Because there's exactly. a scenario where they have a nine and three, eight and four season, and they're able to knock off Clemson in a big, you know, in in the in the conference championship game. 
or at least take them to win the division. Yeah. Uh, Cle- yeah. Clemson always shows out in the ACC championship. That's true. That's I true. mean, nobody's been close to them since I think Virginia Tech in like 2017. They got, I think it was like a 10 point game. It wasn't even that close. Isn't it in but... Charlotte though? I, I, it typically is. Yeah. But so, dude, dude, I mean, Clemson, a, Clemson is far. closer. Clemson is closer to Charlotte than Chapel Hill is. Okay, I didn't realize I, my geography's bad, but okay. Yeah, and and UNC football fans, they don't travel that well. So if it's in Charlotte, I mean, Clemson is is like uh, less than an hour away, and and, Ch- and Chapel Hill's not far; it's two hours. But I don't think that's you know, a home that's field a, advantage. Okay, okay. So yeah, I yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I would say take them to win the division. I don't have the division championship odds on them right now, but. Uh... Oh, maybe I do. No, I don't. But yeah, I I think that's a safer play. All right. Um, but yeah, I overall, I, I I got you here. So uh, division winner, North Carolina. There's NC State. Uh, hold on. Ah, yeah, that's the Atlantic. I don't see the coastal here. Well, my apologies. I do not have it for some reason. It's not showing up. Yeah, because I was I trying to it. I was trying to find the odds for just the coastal here, but. I think they, yeah. the, the odds makers know what we know, and that this is a very difficult, <laughs> difficult right. division to predict. And apparently, uh, okay. So next up, we got Miami at nine, minus one twenty on the over, even money on the fucking under. Uh, I kind of like the under here. I'm right there with you, man. I mean, right off, right away, they're going to start zero one because there's no chance in hell they're going to beat Alabama. No, they're they're definitely losing Alabama week one, dude. Like, yeah. So pencil that in. You tell me they're going to go ten and one in the rest of their games? I don't think so. No, no. I mean, that's a really good way of looking at it too. Of like, they do have a ten and one season in them outside of an Alabama game? Absolutely not. Like, and who knows the health of Derek King? Yeah, they have. Tough road trips uh, at UNC, at Pitt, at Florida State. Still a rivalry, you know. Uh, no, they're not gonna win. So they're not gonna go ten and two. I'm actually gonna put this one as my lock of this division because at even money and nine and three, a nine and three season, which is would be very good for Miami, which would probably get a what's their coach's name again? I can't fucking think of it right now. Uh, Diaz. Yeah, or, yeah, Manny Diaz. Manny Diaz. Yeah. A nine to three season probably gets him an extension, dude. To be honest. Oh yeah, yeah. But, I, think like, they, I think they'd be happy with that. Yeah, they'd know? be they'd be so fucking stoked. And you're still pushing on your bet there, right? So like the right. the kind of season that gets them the thing about it where their expect think about where their teams programs expectations at right now where the kind of season that, that would take to give their coach an extension and and really commit to the future. You're still not losing money on it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I guess if you're a Hurricane fan, you're saying to yourself, "At least we're not Florida State." Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's pretty much where that's at. And and you know, if you if you would have read my column on the Sports Gambling Podcast, that uh, my lock for the Coastal was also Miami under nine. So so far, I'm a little worried. I'm a little concerned that we're we lined up with locks. our lot. We're literally yeah. lockstep walking down the right. block together, dude. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I know that is a little worried. No, actually you do. Because it's funny when I go over like Saturday mornings, because over on the sports gambling podcast network uh, website and now on the app, Nick Colby and uh, Patty C, the third man of the college experience over there, they all have their picks every single game against the spread and I'm usually more in line with yours. Like, you know, yeah. it's like it's like the old school uh, video store. Like, that, remember that Seinfeld episode <laughs> where it's like, hey, I'm a Darren guy. Oh, he's got crap yeah. movies. Like, well, I'm, when it comes to your guys' picks, I'm a Nick man. Like, right, I'm I usually go, more in line with your pick. Like, I, 
uh, like nine times out of a ten, I'm like, oh yeah, he, he's he's liking exactly what I'm liking this. I week. like it, I like it. And, yeah, I mean, and, and usually we're kind of neck and neck, all three of us. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's know, very so, anytime all three of them like the game, bet it. That's a go, very man. good sign. <laughs> triple lock. Yep, triple lock. You gotta bet those. Um, but yeah, dude, like my, my, that's just too tough of a number to hit the over on. And totally expect, agree. And dude, like if that was eight and a half, um, fuck, I would. You might be able to talk yourself into it, you know. Yeah. I'd still probably lean under. I would still lean under. I, that's what, yeah. Yeah, I think Miami's probably like an 8-4 and four team this year. Um, so, yeah, I think they, they are definitely under 9, you know. Yeah, make that I, bet, I, I just don't see ticket. them going 10. I just don't see them going 10-2 and two when, as we said, they got Alabama week one on the schedule. Like, dude, that just that's not going to happen. That's just not going to fucking happen. All right. Right there with you, brother. All right, man. Uh, next up, who do we got? Uh, Pitt. Um I have at seven wins, minus one twenty five or the over, plus one oh five on the under. Now this is an interesting team because Pitt, there's games where they will just look like you're like, how the fuck is this a functioning division one offense? <laughs> but like we said with them earlier, fuck dude, they crank out absolute studs to the NFL. And yeah. several of them. It's not just like, oh, no, every four or five years, they got a phenom coming out. So right now on this roster, odds are there's a huge NFL difference maker on this team. But are we going to see any of that this year to show up in the win and loss column for them? Well, I will say, I mean, Kenny Pickett, their sixth year super senior quarterback, was banged up last year, missed a couple games. I think they could potentially have their best offense there in some time. Because I think it's the cool pro- they play at Heinz Field. I'm a big Steelers yeah. fan, and like – Dude, that should kind of, I think that should kind of give them, like, not an edge, but, like, some sort of, like, a foothold in recruiting, especially in a fertile region like Pennsylvania, where where they can can go out there and get, like, these guys, they can go head-to-head with Penn State for recruits, and, like, you can, you have this pitch of, do you want to play on the NFL stage kind of in college? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, apparently there's not, there's, they don't have a problem recruiting if they're sending guys to the league. That's true, dude. That's very true. It's more what they, with more what they do when they're on campus or or on Heinz Field, I I, I guess. And Um, you know, my theory on recruiting is, is like, I really think that, okay, every, any team that's capable of getting five and four star recruits, those guys are always going to be good. The, the difference between a Clemson and a UCLA, which I love my UCLA brothers, but the difference between Clemson and UCLA, they do they get almost the same amount of like five star guys. Really, when you yeah. over, look at it overall, the difference is how do you develop the three star guys? That's a that's a good point, and and I think it's it's stacking re- top recruiting classes on top of each other. Yeah, like because no, for every five star that makes the NFL, some of them flame out and they they transfer and they they never become anything. Yeah, so. You know, the hit rate is not that great. So the more just just play the odds, play, the more five stars you get in year over year over year, the more are going to pan out and the the better, the deeper your team's going to be. The more there's more three stars in the NFL than any other. But it makes sense because that's the ball like on yeah. a bell curve. That's like the, the peak of the bell curve. kind of. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still an interesting stat because, like, yeah, just because you're a five star doesn't mean you're going to be no. good on the college level you know no, and that's why like teams like iowa are good every fucking year right on, and then they're never in the top 30 in recruiting but they're always in the top 20 near the top 25 in the nation because right, they right. develop talent like exactly. they know what they're doing all right yeah yeah exactly and so yeah with pit uh and the thing is i i, I do my dad was a big pit fan growing up and you know he he was a big fan of like the tony dorsett era kind of shit and like it's just like dude 
it's a program that has so much potential. They used to be really good. Like the Dan Marino years, they were good when we, I think they struggled his uh, senior year and that's why he slipped in the draft. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was just watching his, uh, a football life on NFL nice. network the other day. Nice. But yeah, uh, I think they got the number right at seven. I think they're a seven and five team, dude. So like, I would pretty much stay away from it. But if I got to lean one way, which we, that's what we're doing here, I'm going to lean on the under. I'm going to go over, actually. You're going to go over? Uh, yeah, yeah, because I, I do think they could have the best offense they've had there for a while with Kenny Pickett as long as he, as long as he stays healthy. They did lose a lot on defense. We mentioned earlier all the players they had drafted. But it seems like Narduzzi, the coach, always has that defense, you know, top of They're the They're always good on defense. Yeah. That's a, yeah. It, so just get a little bit of offense, and maybe you win a couple of those games that, you know, you, you lost by only a couple points. So I think there's a chance. I think you're right. They're probably 7-5. and five, But there's a chance this team could come up and uh, go, you know, 8-4. and four. Sleeper chance to win – the coastal, the coastal, because pretty much anybody other than Duke can win the coastal this year. I I agree, and uh, I I think I think uh, that's a fun little one. I would personally rather go like Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, if I'm going to take kind of a long shot sleeper Ooh, to win that what? coastal. Like Georgia Tech is probably the other team that can't win it. <laughs> I, I, yeah, well, you say that, but see, my thing take on these things is I always want to would rather be a year too soon than a year too late in in, yeah. in picking the emerging program. So if well, you can, and. I mean, you're getting great odds. So if you throw yeah, a couple exactly. bucks, you know. Yeah, if it, it, uh, that's another horse race bet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I, well, actually, if I kind of like UVA as my my long shot to win the coast. That's they're actually a really ne- good one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're not anywhere near as big of a long shot as Georgia Tech, but they're still probably the fourth or fifth, you know, uh, team with the best odds to to win it. So I think UVA or Pitt is a decent bet to win the. Ooh. The uh, coastal, if you can find it, apparently we can't find those odds anymore. Well, UVA is the next one I have on there, and their t- win totals at six. So just based on what we have, these win totals that we can kind of surmise where they have the conference odds at, and we're yeah. like, gonna, like right, the North Carolina is probably around like plus two hundred, I'd say plus plus one eighty, somewhere around and there. And then I'd say Miami's probably like plus three fifty, uh, Pitt's probably like plus six hundred, seven hundred, um, and then Virginia here, their win totals at six. Minus 125 on the over, plus 105 on the under. I like them to go over here, dude. I think that's a pretty strong play, dude. I totally agree with you, man. I, I, you know, Earlier in the offseason, it was at six and a half. I still like the over because I think they'll hit at least seven. I'm a big fan of the quarterback, Brennan Armstrong. Have you had a chance to watch him play? I did get a chance to see a little bit of him last year. I forget what game I watched last year of them. He, I, so he's a I watched him versus uh, Virginia Tech. Yeah, I watched okay. that. Okay, yeah. So he's a lefty kind of dual threat. You know, I'm a fan. I've, I kind of called him a, a poor man, Steve Young. Uh, so uh, I'm a big fan of the quarterback. I think UVA can can do some things this year. I think they'll at least get to seven. Yeah, and uh, the thing they got going for it, I fucking love their coach, Bronco Mendenhall. Uh, hell of a coach, man. Dude, he Definitely. is one of the most rocks. Like, I'll say this right now. Like, for a seven-win team, especially, like, where you have a chance to push it there at 7-5, like, minus one. Dude, give me that over because I really think they could be a nine. There's a, that's another team in this conference I think could flirt with a 10-2 and two season. You know, it's not outside of the realm of possibility. Mendenhall did some big things at BYU. Yep. And, I mean, this UVA team is kind of flying under the radar this year. They're not going to um, get, like, super outcoached in any given week. Yeah, I completely it, agree. Yeah, and so let's let's pull their schedule here. Uh, out of conference, pretty manageable. You got William & Mary, Illinois, BYU, and where's the fourth? Uh, Notre Dame. So I got them 3-1 there. 
I agree. I mean, that that BYU is at BYU. But That's a very they, tricky game, dude. That's a very They lost game. Zach Wilson. They lost a lot from last year. So I'm with you. I, I do think they go 3-1. and one, Especially uh, Mendenhall knows how to – he understands what he's going into there. He'll have them yeah. ready for that game more than – And that, that Notre Dame game is in Charlottesville. I think they have a bye week before that, too. Kind of a tricky road trip for the Fighting Irish. Uh, UVA might just, you know, bite uh, Notre Dame there, too. You know, I, I would not be surprised on that at all. Cause Charlottesville can be a tricky road trip. I, I'm not going to make a bad joke about that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, skipping right over that. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I'm definitely on the over. Uh, in fact, I would put that close to the Miami and NC State. I'm, I'm definitely going to bet this over on this season. I, I think this is going to be a fun team to root for this year for the reasons you said. Like, you know, they got a good coach that's going to coach the shit out of that defense. And they got a veteran quarterback that's that's going to keep them in games. So they're not going to get embarrassed. They're going to have a very good record against the spread. Right, right. Yeah, hey, uh, coach and quarterback, you know, that, that goes a long way in college football. Yep, yep, yep. All right, so uh, next up, Virginia Tech. Speaking of a program that maybe not have either of those things this year. <laughs> <laughs> You're down on the Hokies, huh? I, I, I'm, I'm not so much down on the Hokies because like, they're always going to have athletes. They're always going to be good. Justin Fuente just isn't showing me. But last year was so sad for them. Where, dude, what was it like? One week they had thirty-eight guys out with COVID. Yeah, they got hit. They got hit bad last year, man. And they were competitive for. So you know what? I I'm kind of leaning the over here. It's at seven minus one twenty-five on the over, plus one five on the under. I could get talked into either way here. I think they got the number right at seven and five. I, I like I like the over there more though. I guess so. That's what I'll I'll make the pick for the show. But I do think like the way they got hit with COVID and stuff last year, it's like. They, they can't possibly have that much bad luck two years in a row. And I guess that's the, the case for for them this year. Right, right. No, I hear you, and I agree again. Um, I, I will say I have a tough time reading this Virginia Tech It's team. really difficult. Because uh, it's, yeah, it's, like, it's not like those Bud Foster, Frank Beamer teams no. where it's like you knew they were going to out-special teams everybody, yeah. and the defense was going to be lights out. Right, right. You know, so they were a covering machine back then or, or just a flat out winning machine. Uh, now, I really don't know what to expect this year. You know, with last year being so crazy and so many players transferring out or graduating, uh, I'm, I'm going over, but I, I'm certainly not betting it myself. Yeah. But I mean, especially if it's at seven, I think they at least go seven and five. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I, I agree. I think, I think seven and five is a, a pretty a bad year. And I think. Uh, you know, the coach might l- have to watch out if they only go seven to five. Now, I uh, think Fuente, that, Fuente might be gone then. You now, know? do you think in the Miami Virginia Tech game late in the season that Diaz and Fuente might be coaching for their jobs? You know what? That'd be that'd be interesting if, if both teams were kind of struggling and it was it's almost like you know winner keeps their job, loser you're gone. Yeah. It's like <laughs> an old like uh, wrestling like uh, loser leave town match. Right, <laughs> right, right. Hey man, you know what? It's possible too. Uh, yeah, I mean that's. I think that's a storyline to keep an eye on with both those teams because, like, yeah, it wasn't too that, that long ago where these were the two teams dominating this conference, right? And now you know the tide turns occasionally, and yeah, you know, and I don't like the Hokies. You know, I I know me being born and raised in Virginia. I think you know like three quarters of my high school went to Virginia Tech, and I didn't. So they were always rubbing rubbing it in <laughs> on how great Virginia Tech was. So I I developed a hatred in my twenties of Virginia Tech. But it's better. Cottrell is better when the Hokies have a, a solid program. I, I agree. You know? um, that's because that's a region that produces a lot of talent. Anytime you have a region that produces a lot of talent, ideally you want them to stay in state. 
Yeah. You know, you'd like it would be a shame if the talent of Virginia just all ended up at Alabama and you know, in Florida or whatever, like well, would, well, in Georgia, know, like that, that would suck so much balls, dude. Like, so I, I now live in North Carolina, and the high school football talent gets just raped and pillaged by the SEC in North Carolina. Yeah, that sucks. A- any five stars or most four stars, they're going to Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, you name it. You know, just recently with Mac Brown, he's starting to keep some of that local talent in state. If he and can I, just, I hope that continues. If he can just keep like half the local talent in state, they become a they become a competitor with Clemson. Yeah, like yeah. like potentially. Like I I really do believe that. Okay. The the, the only problem is Dabo Sweeney's forty years old and Mac Brown's seventy five. <laughs> Dabo Sweeney's only forty. Uh, I I just threw that out there. He uh, he's maybe he's fifty. All I know he's a whole lot younger oh, than Mac Brown. Yeah 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 yeah. Okay yeah. <laughs> I was like, there's no way I'm older than Mac than Dabo Sweeney. <laughs> he's not fifty, is he? He's probably about fifty. I would say he's like fifty, fifty-two, like right around there. I'm gonna sense. pull it up. I'm gonna pull it up. I'm, I would say I'm he was born now. like 67, 66, maybe. I don't know, maybe 54, 55. Oh, okay. Uh, Dabo's 51. 51. Okay, okay. I'll say he looks good for 51. Oh yeah, man. Especially in his profession. That, that, right, that, right. That's age you pretty quick, dude. <laughs> right, dude. What about like you ever look at old pictures of Sparky Anderson? Sparky Anderson, the old Tigers the old coach and, and, or, and, uh, and manager of the Reds too. Yeah, Reds too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so when he got hired by the Reds in the late 60s originally. He was only like 36, 37, and you look at him there, and he looks fucking 58, dude. I just remember him in the 80s where he's old. Okay. Like, he was like know, 55 like... in the 80s. Wow. And he right. looked like super old. Yeah, dude. He was like in his <laughs> mid-50s then, dude. Which... That's a different era. He probably smoked cigarettes and, you know, drank oh, yeah. bourbon every night and, you know, ate fast food. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the life of, uh, of, of a that's lifer sense. in baseball. Yeah, it sounds like us, too. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, next up, Georgia Tech, which, okay, I, I said uh, they could be a fun little long shot. Uh, I wouldn't take it, but they're at five, uh, even on the over, minus 120 on the under. Here's the thing about Georgia Tech is for years they're a triple option team, and they're just now switching over to more of a pro-style attack where uh, that's going to take a while, dude. Like, that's not – and I think they sh- they've shown good progress – I think if I could do a future right now on them to win over eight games in like 2023, that could be fun. I will say that head coach Jeff Collins entering his third season. So they're they're They'll be three years removed from the triple option. He is making baby steps. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would, it's going to be like a five-year process. That's why 2023, I think is the year to kind of circle. If you're a Georgia tech fan, yeah, where they can really yeah. possibly do some damage, especially in this division where, Dude, let's face it, man. If they can keep some of that Georgia talent in house and, and away from Georgia, holy shit, dude, they can really yeah, do it. They're a potential. I mean, they're a, a, a sleeping giant. You know, being in being in Atlanta, all that talent around them in a very winnable division. They've won a national title in the last thirty-five years. People, yeah, ninety-one, you know, I think, right? Ninety-one, ninety, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I think them in Colorado shared the title in ninety-one. So yeah, you go go back, you know, thirty years or so, and they were pretty damn good. And if they have the right man for the job, I think they can be pretty good again. Um, but with all that said, go ahead. Oh, I just think one of the craziest things about them is how they were able to recruit and get Calvin Johnson to go there when they ran the yeah. triple option. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking yeah. insane. I, seriously, I mean. <laughs> That's like how Brett Favre's dad was his coach in high school but ran the wishbone. 
Right. So he, like, so he, come on, man. So he went to Southern Miss because none of the SEC schools like had a chance to evaluate him as a as a right. pocket passer. Like, right. <laughs> it's so funny. Crazy, crazy. But um, I do think Georgia Tech, even though they're making baby steps. I don't see five wins on no, the schedule this no, year. I don't. Uh, I think the they're under. a little overmatched. I'm I'm on the under too. Uh, yeah. I just I do like where where the program's headed. I agree. Th- that's not enough for uh, me to take an over on these guys. No. Point. Like. No. I mean, they're just a couple years removed from being like a two and ten team, if I'm not mistaken. So. Yeah. So I mean, the, I know the last two seasons they've been three and nine and three and seven. You know. Um, I do think they are getting more competitive. I like their quarterback Jeff Sims. He was a true freshman last year, so. A true freshman during the COVID season, you know, he took some lumps. He was inconsistent, too many turnovers, but I think he has potential. So I think year two, he should be a lot better. And that's why I think 23 is a really good, uh, um, like, because he'll yeah. be a, if, dude, he's a, if he's a four-year starter in 2023, yeah. this could be a good team, you know? There, like, right. Like, all I right. hear you. I mean, they're, they're, they are trending in the right direction, and they're they're taking at least they're taking some baby steps. Yeah, but... it's just not enough for me this year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, under, yeah, under. And then next up, we got okay. If we close it out. The Duke Blue Devils at three and a half, <laughs> minus one thirty five on the over, plus one fifteen on the under. Now, one of my favorite things about doing these previews is uh, getting fr- uh, friends and and uh, fellow DJs on that uh, are a fan of the worst team in a conference. <laughs> and I think Syracuse is the worst team overall in this conference. Uh, I, w- I would, if I was going to have, I think a fun prop bet would be Duke versus Syracuse win total, a head to head win total <laughs> contest between the two of them. I think that would be a lot of fun. And unfortunately they don't play each other head to head. Yeah. Cause I, at least yeah. that'd be a win for one. of them. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. So th- th- there's no guaranteed wins. <laughs> uh, you know, David Cutliffe's I mean, not a bad coach. That's the thing, too. Is I, I don't think he's a horrible coach. Well, but, I mean, David Cutcliffe has, has done great things at Duke. Yeah. I yeah. mean, Duke had winless years before Cutcliffe showed up. Yeah. No, absolutely. So, I mean. You know, Duke was so bad, their practice field wasn't even 100 yards. They had like a 50-yard <laughs> practice field. Like so, they had a CFL field as a practice. Yeah. Or, I mean, or, arena so, football field. <laughs> right. He showed up. The university decided to put some resources into the football program. They've had some nice years. They went to the ACC uh, championship game once, lost to Florida State, lost to uh, Jameis Winston and Florida State that year. Yeah. Uh, but and it they seems put like Daniel that's... Jones in the NFL recently. So yeah, I mean, they, yeah, they, exactly. Anytime your program's put a top 10 quarterback in the NFL the last few years, right. there should be some potential for some relevancy for the program overall. You know, like, well, quarterbacks yeah, create say, buzz. I will say, I think defenses are starting to catch on to Cutcliffe's offense. And that offense has struggled the last couple of seasons. And much like I said it earlier, like Wake Forest, Duke's defense is never going to be top in the conference. No, I, I think no, they just yeah. need to like those kind of teams really just need to commit to a gimmick defense, like the way they yeah. like commit to an, uh, a defensive version of like the air raid or triple option. Yeah, well, and actually, I think the Duke offense has gotten kind of gimmicky itself. A lot of like you know bubble screens and short passes. And last year, uh, the Clemson transfer at quarterback Chase Bryce just did not work out. It wasn't all his fault. The offense line was atrocious. The defense wasn't there, but um, I don't know, man. It's not looking too too sunny in Durham these days. Dude, it'd be pretty cool if they brought back like the forty six defense. They're just there you like, go, old Buddy Ryan. We're gonna go nineteen eighties Buddy Ryan. None <laughs> of these coaches would know how to deal with it. <laughs> hey, man, try anything right now because yeah. you know what they did last year. They what they were what one and nine last year. So whatever they were doing then didn't work. So why not? Yeah. So I don't know. I. 
At plus 115, the under does look kind of interesting here. Do, do you think they got four wins on the schedule? I'm trying to talk myself into it. Um, I know, think they get over on like North Carolina or, or who's the one they play Wake Forest as a yeah um, that's a cross the, the cross division rivalry yeah, yeah. Okay. so, so like, I mean I, they, I could see them getting Charlotte. over one of those two yeah yeah uh, they'll, they'll probably win at least one ACC game it, you know they have Georgia Tech at home there that might be Lake. a week you know um, they always play Virginia Tech tough even though that's at lane, but they also have Charlotte, North Carolina, A and T on the schedule. So they should start two and zero. Yeah. And then Charlotte, that's an interesting game though. Cause I think that'll tell us a lot about the Charlotte program. Cause they just added football recently or whatever. Yeah. And so and they're actually solid too. I like the coach of Charlotte, um, but Duke usually does well against the uh, group of five. So I'm kind of penciling, Penciling that in as a win, it better be because if they don't win that, they're not hitting. They're not hitting. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely. Yeah, yeah. But the the other two games out of conference, Northwestern and Kansas, you could argue that they're both winnable too. I mean, Cutcliffe actually plays Northwestern well. They've beaten them a couple of times in the last five years. You know, Kansas has a new coach. They've been awful for ten years. So there's a chance Duke could start four and zero and still not be a very good football team. But that would cover their win total. There you go. <laughs> so, and as a Duke fan, that that's the direction I'm going in. Give me the over, damn it. All right, all right. Yeah, you know, and then that's where the juice is leaning. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm gonna just say I'm gonna just gonna take. They're one and nine last year, and I, I I don't like to be too chalky on these, so I'll I'll take the juice there. I'll take the points with the plus one fifteen. That can be kind of interesting. I, I'm not gonna personally bet this though. I think the ones I am gonna bet in this division are Virginia, Miami, and then on the other side, I'll bet NC State. Um, the rest of it. And just remember, I'm a little biased when it comes to Duke. So, that's very, that's uh, yeah, true. You, you might be on the right side of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, it just seems like one of those. Uh, if, like, if I were, like, doing a unit each on these picks, you can't do all chalk. You need to get some some juice run, running your way on the other side. Right, right. You want, you know, a balanced portfolio or what have you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, so, uh, yeah, if you're always taking that, always laying that heavy juice, and you got to start thinking about, hey, you know what, let me balance this out some. Yeah, and I think that's a decent spot to do it because, but like, let's say, like, like we said, they're the one team that we can for sure, them and Drew, oh, I'll say Georgia Tech too, they don't have a chance to win this division. Agreed. There's no chance. Everybody else, they're in it. I, I'm, I'm favoring North Carolina, but... I kind of like Virginia as a long shot to do it. Yeah, I like Pitt and UVA as long shots, but uh, there's a reason why UNC is has a win total of ten or something. Yeah, uh, and you know, I, I, and actually, and also within the league, I think the the schedule kind of breaks their way. So, chances are, you know, we'll probably see Clemson, UNC in the ACC championship. And it's you know, I, I think there's something to like sticking with coaches long term, and it really shows you the state of the Texas program right now. Having you know moved on from Mac Brown a while back when he wasn't ready to hang it up, and now that he's having success at North Carolina and he's turning them into a legit top ten contending program. Like yeah, and obviously he had a couple kind of down years at Texas, but they they were a lot better under him than they have been anybody that's followed. So there you go. So who do we got? We got Clemson and North Carolina in the conference championship game here. I mean that's chalky as hell. It is you know, uh, but all right, let's mix it up here. I'll go. I'll go um, Clemson versus Pitt. All right, all right, all right. Uh, I'll go Clemson. You know, I'll go Clemson, Virginia. 
Okay, I'll I like that, it. I'll throw that in there. And uh, if that's the case, Clemson's going to be favored by 35. <laughs> Clemson's going <gonna> to win. <laughs> it's going to be an absolute <laughs> fucking beatdown. They may be favored by 35, and, and you know what? Lay the points. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, that was like last year. With like, that's how I'm so uh, – I got into it a little, on the Big 12 show, but, man, Kansas bringing in Leopold for uh, fucking Les Miles was like the biggest kick in the nuts to my offseason. Because they don't just become that auto fade every week anymore. Oh, I know, man. They, they, that's I mean, Leopold's been a great coach wherever he's been. So it's I'm not be saying bet him now. I'm just saying I can't auto fade them anymore. No, well, actually, I I agree with my brother. I think uh, with their win total at one, I get, I, yeah, I, I, I'm on the over there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they play South Dakota week one. That you know that that could be your push right there. That you know they should win that game. I and mean, South Dakota's solid FCS, but they should win that game. And then at least you're not gonna lose money. Yeah, that's true. I mean, so hey, let's let's do it. Oh man, one one win total teams. So that's, that's such a, <laughs> so DJ to be like, I just need them to win two games this year. <laughs> Come and on, I, man, and like, I, mean, I, I like, dude. Here's the funny thing about Texas to me is like everybody in the Big Twelve is just gonna be giving them their shot as hard as they can give it. For sure. And I don't know if Scarsesian's the guy you want when the pressure comes. If they start off like three and five or something, dude, that's gonna get fucking tense real yeah. quick. And there's that potential. Yeah, I, there is, and their schedule is really tough. And I, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm on their under. I have I got them under eight. Like, yeah, I'm with you. Like I, I that was I felt like that was a kind of an easy one, but yeah, like uh, all right. So yeah, we got I got Clemson winning this thing. It's minus nine hundred. It's not exactly. <laughs> I'm not exactly going on a limb, but I I'm not, I like I said, I took a forty to one. Uh, Louisville horse race ticket because I figure, fuck it. If if the weirdest thing's gonna happen, that's something that could that's they have the quarter the dual threat quarterback that could give teams problems. You know, there there there's well, a, a weird a one in a hundred scenario where that could happen. Well, if you want to envision the scenario, it's that that DJU gets hurt out for the year. Their their backup transferred out. They really have nobody behind him. Yeah, you they know. don't have the depth at quarterback they did last year. So if there is like a major injury, you know that that could derail their season. Or even if it's just like, dude, even like an injury that he can play through, where he's not yeah. effective for a good period, you know, for yeah. for a month straight. Like right. I don't know that like there's stuff that could happen. I just I feel like if you're gonna fade Clemson, this is the year to do it. Uh, but I wouldn't. <laughs> like, but maybe like, okay, what do you think about taking like the next fourteen? What what else? Uh, NC State, Boston College, and Louisville, or something? Yeah, yeah, like like doing like a four pack, and just doing like a little bit on like couple of those, or you're like, I just need one of these to kind of hit. And I'm not doing it myself. I, I mean, if anything, I've usually bet on the side of Clemson over over their run here, and they've kind of treated me well. So uh, no, I'm not touching that man. But knock yourself out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. I'm not either. Um, but Nick, thank you so much for doing this. This was great. Um, Anytime. Where can people? Obviously, Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Uh, people can see all your articles. Are you writing about every single? Now, is that including the? Are you doing just the group of uh, the Power Five? Or are you doing all of them, all man? Of them? So right. uh, yeah, I've done every. Basically, well, by the time I'm done, by the time early next week hits before the season starts, I'll have done every team in the FBS uh, big 10 West just dropped today. 
Uh, in a couple of days, it'll be the Big Ten East, and then the only one left is the Independents. So, yeah, all go right. on the website, check them all out. You can check me out on Twitter, NC underscore Nick. Be sure to check out our college football experience and college basketball experience podcast. And uh, this was a blast, man. Appreciate it. Dude, yeah, thank you so much. And Nick is also on my UCLA Bruins this year. He wrote a Hell very yeah. glowing thing about them. So go check that out because I think Dorian Thompson and Robin, Robinson has a chance. Uh, lives in my uh, home, current hometown of a ba- from my current hometown of Las Vegas. Uh, yeah, no shit. Yeah, he played at uh, Bishop Gorman, or, yeah, the, which is like the powerhouse school, which is like yeah. seriously only like two, three miles from my path. It's pretty close okay. to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Excellent, man. So. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty stoked for that team. I I dude, uh, I wish I, I I'm thinking I, I'm trying to find a book that'll let me get an early ticket on the money line against LSU now. Yeah, because I think they're gonna look really good against Hawaii in Week One. Yeah, and that that yeah. number is gonna fucking go down. And so I, I want to get that number against LSU before that happens. But. I do expect them to cover. I think they're laying like 16 or 17 against Hawaii. Yeah. I think they'll win by like 20 or 21 or, or more. I could see them and, going. I, dude, I could see easily see them winning like 38, 14, something like that. Yeah. I think I, you know, when we were talking about the, the uh, opening lines, I think I said like 42, 21, I could see something, you know, some, somewhere you know, in that range. But, I think uh, they, the they defense are... is going to be a lot better this year. Yeah. Yeah. They got that yeah. transfer from SC, which is fucking hilarious. Nah, dude, <laughs> you know, the transfer portal, I'm just waiting for like someone like in basketball, like for a Duke player to go to UNC or UNC player to go to Duke. Oh I mean, my God, that'd be insane. Yeah, I can't wrap my head around that right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining the show and everybody check Nick out on Twitter and at the sports gambling podcast network and this, and make sure you go over to wherever you're listed in, but especially the Apple uh, podcast Give us a five-star review. Leave us a little comment. Um, hope, leave your picks for the season, and I will read them on the air. People put enough of them in the next few weeks here before the season starts. Uh, also, you can check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash LuxOpsPod, where this season I will be doing a special called Friday Night Lights. I need to have you on that, Nick. We're going to sit around and drink beers and uh, give the actual pe- picks of what we're doing over the weekend. Like All We right. could talk a lot yeah. of shit, but it's like, what am I actually playing? Like, What's my parlay? <laughs> what's my right, teaser? Right. What's this? You know. So we're going to have some fun with that. And like then, uh, yeah, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. And I will see you all with the next episode, which I'm not sure is what next, but I will schedule it and figure it out. Bye-bye, everyone.